This is Inside LAFC, the family of podcasts. This is the Max and Vince podcast. MVP, as some people, that's what they're calling it on the street, Vince. Yeah, we would never, never try to insinuate that you and I are MVPs by, I mean, it's our initials. Well, it's crazy because last time we were at Bank of California Stadium and it was a full house, they were screaming for our podcast. Yeah, every so, time there was like a going, corner. MVP. I was like, God, that's... That's very nice of you, but guys, relax. We'll, we'll, we'll get back. Yeah. We'll get it. We'll get a new pot out at some point. They would chant that, and I remember Carlos scored, scored a goal. And he pointed up, up towards the, <laughs> the press box. So I think he's he's trying to pass along, and he's he's such he's that kind of guy. You know, yeah. he doesn't want the attention. He wants to kind of pass it off. So I just, yeah, what a great moment. This is. <laughs> this reminds me of my favorite part of the movie Spinal Tap. Very subtle little joke. I don't think they meant to get in the final cup, but they did, and it makes me laugh. It's in, when they're in their lobby talking to Howard Hessman and that Duke, the rocker, who's like big stadium rocker. And mm-hmm. they're like, hey, not, there's really pleasantries. Hey, how's it going? Great. Go, we're going to go play the Enormo Dome. And then he walks out, and Spinal Tap goes, what a jerk. They used a different word. What a jerk. And then yeah. Nigel Tufflin goes, he's got this much talent. He's got this much talent. And then David St. Hubbins goes, you know, he opened up for us. They were still booing him when we were on stage. <laughs> That's a, for all that, you need to get the uh, LAFC Film Club to do a Spinal Tap. Or Escape from New York. Oh, I think Escape from New York is definitely in the, in the queue. You know, I got my son to do the entire Cyrus speech from the Warriors. It's on my, it's on my uh, Twitter, I think. I heard you're doing, yeah, Instagram. You're doing electives in your homeschooling. I, yes. I like that. You're really he he, well-rounded. He enjoys it. So uh, we'll, a little small talk, but I, we like to remind everyone, please subscribe. It makes a huge difference as you rate and review us. We, we know you enjoy the program and we work hard for you. As you can see about the incredible group of guests that we have brought to you. We have another one coming up in Bradley Wright Phillips. Uh, we try to be timely and nimble and bring you relevant stuff. Uh, just not just with LAFC, but across the sport because it's such a unique historic time. So we do appreciate your support in that. And uh, we can talk about it. We'll talk about a few things in small doses here. Uh, but let us be uh, begin with what's happening with Major League Soccer. And uh, there is some progress. The, the Performance Center is is working. We had the individual trainings. And I just want to get the, the wording right, but my internet kind of pooped out here. But now there's, like, new guidelines for group training, Correct. which is uh, pretty it, – it, it's, it's one step closer to teams training – in uh, as, as, as a squad by having full scrimmages. And this is what we always wanted to see with the uh, individual trainings, and we finally got them. But this is a uh, – it's you can go to MLSsoccer.com. They have all the information there. There are some clubs that unfortunately have, because of local restrictions, and you would think this applies to L.A., but they have been able to, to move forward. I think it's the fire and the earthquakes are the ones that still haven't begun individual training. But D.C. United group, was one, DC but they, United, I think, they yeah, finally I think just they got approved. Yes. So that was one that came through. But uh, this is obviously great news, and it's good for the team as they get a feeling of going to Performance Center and seeing guys. Not the entire team, but more faces than just a guy running there with one coach. Yeah, small groups training. I think it's, it's important to point out because you did talk about how these teams have to still deal with their local government. So MLS is basically what they're trying to do is keep a level playing field. As more and more states are opening up, they're trying to loosen guidelines so teams can start to train. But they're trying to do it as states open. They don't want to have just one place able to do this and not that. That's why it's been kind of a long process. Um, so today, 
you know, LAFC is still in individual training because what they have to do is now say, okay, we've been opened up by MLS, but we have to go to our local um, authorities, the health department, the mayor, and say, here's our plan. You know, can we approve the plan? MLS has put a lot of guidelines in place that you would think it's pretty much just a sign-off, but it, it, you have to go through those, those necessary steps, and that's what a lot of clubs are, are dealing with right now. I think we have a pretty good relationship with the mayor, so hopefully it's something that we can take care of. But the, the most exciting thing is this. They can pass the ball, and they can shoot on goal. And I remember when you and I were doing early stuff, Max, the, the thing we kept talking about to people were like, man, how are they going to be fit? How are they going to do this? And people kept saying, no, man, it's the soccer. They're going to lose the soccer. They're going to lose that, that ability to, to play with teammates, um, to know to take a pass on this foot, to get <laughs> to put, this the, to put the right weight on a ball. <laughs> yeah. Cause that yeah. is an art form. <laughs> the minutia, the, the little things that have made this team so good for so long. So this is one step closer to that. Although, you know, it's still tough because I, I, I feel for these coaches, you know, they, they, they slave away over these training plans and they do different things and they're, they're not putting guys out there just to say, okay, let's throw seven on seven. Let's just play. No, they're with specific goals and objectives in mind. And, and soccer is a game about space, especially when you talk about LAFC, it's all about constricting space, opening space. When space is now basically just kind of outlined for you, you got to keep 10 feet apart from this guy. You got to do this and this. It's got to be a weird thing to try to put a training plan together to still feel like you're getting actual game ready you know things out of it actual objectives out of it i think that's going to be a part that coming out of this the coaching staff is going to have whole new i guess ways of training and, and drills i don't know if they'll ever use them again but they'll definitely have some really um, kind of different ideas on how they can get you know small groups going and get players going in, in different i don't even know what the word is it's just it's it's kind of weird yeah it's a lot of work that they they have to undertake and we certainly understand it there were it's restrictions but they know they clear these hurdles i was looking at the list of uh, it's and it's exhausting and you have to give credit to mls because they are working with governments and doctors across the board to give the guidelines and then the guidelines have to be honored and there are a lot of them and i just saw one it made me chuckle but it makes a lot of sense why this should be one of the guidelines goalkeepers may not spit on their gloves and must clean disinfect and sanitize their gloves after each training for years, goalkeepers have spat on their gloves. This is gonna—I mean, this is not. This is gonna be broken over and over again, not intentionally, but just by the creature of habit. Necess but these are things that you know just go into how players have to approach practice. But they have to be close to perfect to make sure. And I think we have to give credit to the players. We'll talk about this in a little in Germany and all these other leagues. You know, we've had we've had so few. Uh, episodes where people either broke quarantine and I feel bad because sometimes they break in a minuscule level like the German coach to go get some we talked to Ian some hand cream and uh, toothpaste. Uh, some toothpaste but it goes to show that for every guy that does that and you can forgive him for that everyone's by and large doing what they're supposed to do and that includes LAFC that includes these MLS players but it's it is, it is a real challenge, but they know it's part of the process and this will open the door to the next thing. So uh, I, my hat's off to all of them. I mean, I'm calling it progress. Goalkeeper it's gloves incredible. are filthy. Disgusting. No, I'm talking about just goalkeeper gloves. Don't spit on them. They're so disgusting. They should be cleaning them every day. Let's get some, uh, let's get some deodorizer in there too. Filthy goalkeeper gloves. Well, it's, uh, when they also, they were talking about baseball coming back. And someone told me, baseball's really hard to come back. I go, I don't understand. The players are separated. It's outdoors. And they go, have you ever seen what happens in a baseball dugout 
I go, oh my God, it is disgusting. I remember I saw one where you saw the floor and it was, it's, it's just covered with tobacco, sunflower seeds, gum, all collagulated together by human spit. And I was like, that's got to go, but they're going to have to really train themselves to, to get rid of that because that's part of baseball. The games are so long, you got to entertain yourself by spitting tobacco and sunflower seeds. Got to love a game, game where you can eat while playing. <laughs> or technically smoke. Yeah. You're not smoking it, but you're, you're ingesting tobacco. But we'll get to that. I, I think that's good. And we, there is discussion about the MLS Orlando tournament. We don't know a lot of information. MLS is obviously working hard. It's a lot of work going into it. I would love to see games in June. Uh, now discussions of a shorter tournament. We'll see as that comes out and hopefully get some games, but it would appear that we could have games at site, I imagine some point in July, whether it's early or late July. I, I think so. I, you know, we, like if you everything said, goes well without, like you said, yeah, there, there's, there's all these goalkeeper plan- spit without goalkeeper spit, get, keep those clean gloves. It, there's plans in, there's plans in place and they're continuing to plan. They're continuing to be safe. You know, you brought up Germany. Germany has been a, a great uh, barometer. And I think, leagues are learning from this. It's no surprise that now all of a sudden we've got three other leagues saying, Hey, we're going to come back because they've all learned from Germany. And I think MLS is going to be another, you know, the same way. Baseball is a little weird. Basketball seems to be a little weird. Hockey's now saying they're coming back. So I think a lot of leagues probably have a, a thank you to, to Germany for the way they've kind of put together and they were really meticulous about it. I know that a lot of things are being based off of that plan and what they've seen coming out of there. Um, and that's, that's kind of cool the way that we're able to, learn from each other and kind of really find a way to safely do this. Um, but man, it's like you said, meticulous is a very good word for what's yeah. going on here. History is going to be very kind on the Bundesliga. Uh, I know when uh, major league baseball came with a plan and everyone's applauding them and I go, that's the Bundesliga plan. They basically just cut and paste the Bundesliga plan. And everyone, we talked about it before. Everyone was watching what they were doing and they obviously saw close to as perfectly executed a plan where now they're three games, three rounds. They're beginning their fourth round. We're recording this on a Friday. They're beginning their fourth round. They're going to have six rounds under their book by next week. And uh, it's, it's incredible. I mean, this could always, we still have to keep our eyes wide open to see how it can go, but how they've been able to deliver this and the product gets better. They're the football's better. The atmosphere is better with this pumped in sound, which I didn't think I would like, but they, I mean, if, if everyone just, absolutely mimics what the Bundesliga did. I think that is fine, but I would, I hope the Bundesliga gets this credit because without their efforts, I don't think, I don't think you say the, the Premier League says we come back June 17th or the Serie A says we're going to come back June 20th. It's impossible, especially Italy, which was, you know, you thought maybe we wouldn't see sport or life there for six months. People would be indoors and now this is happening. And again, still a ways to go, but this mm-hmm. is all due in credit to what the, Ger- the Germans have been able to pull off. And yeah, I want really, them to get full credit. Yeah, I was really worried about Italy, like just in general. Like, <laughs> like when I say I was worried about Italy, I'm not worried about this, just the soccer players. I'm worried about the country. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, you know, that Bayern Dortmund game was a great game. Obviously, it was weird having pumped in crowd noise. We are not having the yellow wall when they're playing these types of games. But in terms of the football on the pitch and the – the level, I mean, we see Alfonso Davies sprinting back multiple times to, to break up plays, like crazy 50, 60-yard runs. I mean, the level was high, and these two teams, they knew what was on the line, and it looks like it's probably going to be a, a title decider. But 
yeah, when you look around and you look at the German plan, somebody had to put something together and you, you've said this, and I know Taylor Twelman said this, people kind of freak out a little bit when guys test positive, but this is the plan working. That's why yeah. they're being tested all the time so that people can, they can break up clusters. They can find out where people got to be moved into quarantine. People don't have to be so that we can do this. It's, it's a model for leagues going forward. It's, it's a model for the way our country is going to open, open going forward. Cause there's going to have to be testing. There's going to have to be tracing. There's going to have to be all these things. So yeah, you gotta, you have to applaud them from top to bottom. I mean, I, I took a quick look at their plan. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a meaty document. But I think it, it makes sense that it's supposed to be that. Some thing. light reading on a, on a, on yeah. a Thursday night. Well, and you know those Germans. They, they, they really have flowery language. No, they get right to the point. <laughs> I love my German friends. They're like, no nonsense. Um, that is great. And, you know, have you seen the number for that Dortmund-Bayern game? TV numbers? Because the TV numbers were up like 400%. Obviously, they had a very low viewership prior. I mean, 30,000 people watching on Fox. And they went up to... 400,000 but I think that that game at least the way it was engaged it's got to be 600 700,000 yeah it had to be I gotta find it. I don't know why I can't find it anywhere I've been looking yeah, for it for the whole day it had to be one today. of the bigger ones and it's it's only going to benefit who's going to have the rights next year which is ESPN yeah it's uh and the quality's been I mean I didn't watch a lot of Bundesliga it's impossible to watch anything but that's going to change because I just the CONCACAF element so I watched four games and it was you know Jonathan Davies Canadian Weston McKinney, the United States, Josh Sargent, the United States, Gio Reyna, American, Yuli Yanez off the bench for Wolfsburg. Oh, by the way, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting at wit's, wit's end with this. The guy called him Uli Lanez. And it's, <laughs> and I, it, it, if you're not going to pronounce everyone's name correctly, pronounce them all incorrectly. Mm-hmm. And I'm not picking on anyone, but when I hear them go above and beyond pronouncing Western European names per se, and then an American or someone from, and it's, they have to have that information. Oh, and we know they do. We know the Bundesliga has players say their names and they have access to that. Absolutely. Especially the German Bundesliga commentators definitely have that. They, and they're, they're great, but I, there's this double standard. You, You can argue with me till you're blue in the face. I mean, they were calling him Jonathan Davis. And this is now guys who's been, uh, Alfonso Davis, I'm part of me, who's in discussion of being the le- best left back in the world. He's not, but he's in discussion based on how he's playing. So these are the things that uh, as a, an American soccer viewer or as a North American soccer viewer, draw me bananas and has to be fixed because you're alienating your audience. Is that a little too strong? Maybe. No, I think it's fair. I mean, look, it does. it's not what I meant to talk about on this pod, but for commentators, I think the, the two things that the, I've, I get names all the wrong. I get names all wrong, but when the consistent, mm-hmm. you know, and I, it's not intentionally, but you know, I, I but it, the consistent where you get this right and this wrong is that's, there's something to that. Well, you might look, a lot of people might have a long list of criteria that they have for commentators, but mine is maybe five bullet points long, but one and two are well ahead of the rest. Pronounce the names correctly and tell me what's going on in the field. Everything else is kind of gravy on top of that. You got to get those two things right. And then everything kind of falls in place from there. So mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. Yeah, but anyway, this with, with the, the Bundesliga has been such a delight to be able to, to wake up and I mean, I was I sat there and watched. I sat there and <laughs> what was the game? I couldn't believe a Dusseldorf cone was it? I'm like, what am I doing? And yeah, it was like 60 minutes of it. I was just absolutely. I didn't want it to end. Wait, did you were you were you in there for the comeback or just the when it was two 0 
I was in there for the comeback, and now I have all these subplots and stories that are. Uh, so it was Freiburg. Was it Freiburg? I think so. Freiburg. Yeah, I tried. So, <laughs> so it was just compelling stuff. And Frankfurt, is it Frank? Well, they had the guy, Uth. Was it? I might be getting these names wrong, but he missed the penalty. And then he got to take the penalty again on Wednesday, and he missed another penalty. It's, it's pretty crazy, but I've watched these games. Can I bring up VAR for a second? How was there not VAR in that Dortmund game? That, that Erling Holland shot that yes. it was, I think it was Boateng that l- clearly lunged down. They didn't even, they didn't even think to look at it. Like uh, we have VAR all the time. And then the one time we're like, maybe you could have VAR because there's no one in the stands and you can do it probably quickly and do it right. No, don't even look at yeah. it. Holland's got to tuck that away. Anyway, he's got to tuck those away. It was, first it, touch. it was, yeah, it, it was Mark Uth. It was the game between Köln and Dusseldorf where Dusseldorf scored too late. And Uth, people are going to listen to this podcast and lose their minds. Uth took the penalty. Jean Cordova, the Colombian guy, said, I should take it. He took the ball. He was upset. And then Jean Cordova scores the equalizer in the 91st minute. And then Uth takes the penalty in their next game and misses it. Just come. I needed this in my life. Drama. VAR, missed penalties, uh, clamoring between teammates. Anyway, all very cool. So, we got the dates. I know I spoke to Rebecca Lowe on, uh, on our Max Live on Instagram, and she was kind of getting into it uh, about what the Premier League is going to do. So historically in England, you have games placed where they want you to go to the stadiums, and they have these shows where these presenters are relaying what's happening, and there's this famous video going, oh, my God, they just tied it at, at White Hart Lane. Let's go to Craven Cottage. What's going on? And they, they don't show you the games, and that's actually throughout Europe. But because everyone's going to be home, they're reassessing it, and they're going to have all the games staggered out, which means maybe an earlier game in the morning and a later game in the evening. It's going to be a a viewer's paradise by the sound of it. And why not? If you have the product, you go, we have to churn this out in a few weeks. Here you go. Yeah. I mean, it's clearly a play because, look, in England – if you don't show these games, these people are going to show up to these places and they're going to congregate and that's going to be bad. So it's clearly a play for England to allow people to stay home, be safe. But man, if you're in America and you got that time difference now, now you've got just your whole day laid out for you could start with breakfast in the morning and you just go through the day with all the, all the matches. And if MLS comes back too, I mean, it's going to be disgusting. Isn't it's it? It's going to be a lot of football on TV. So uh, it's a cool plan. It's cool that, that Rebecca shared that with you. Cause that's going to be, I think that's one of the smartest uh, ideas, at least in terms of televising matches that, I, that I've heard. And she was mentioning how they're going to do it in the United Kingdom. But if the United Kingdom can do that, why is, the, why is NBC not going to show every minute of that if there's nothing else on and you're not in the primetime hour? So I would imagine, and no one said that, but that would seem like, would seem like common sense. I want to stick up for the English really quick on a point you mentioned. Because Dan Thomas, my co- former colleague at ESPN FC, mentioned this. They're worried about Liverpool fans congregating around, and they probably will. But German fans are as rabid as English fans, and there's been no congregating around these stadiums. And uh, it, it just shows you maybe the reputation of the English. Maybe we're wrong, and Liverpool fans all come in droves. But the German fans, the Dortmund fans, you know, the, these are the archetype fans. You're, you're, I know you don't agree with me, and they well, should do it, we're, but, we're talking about a team that hasn't won, has literally not won a Premier League title. They've won plenty of titles, but not in the Premier League versus Dortmund, Bayern, who are one and two every year. I just think 
it's going to be tough to keep those people from, you know, there's a lot of people uh, who've been waiting a long time. I hate that. I hate, I, I mean, imagine, I understand it. I understand to be careful, but I hate the fact they're going to play. Imagine if the Cubs hadn't won yet and we have a world series through all this and they win a world series. It's, it's almost up there with, on par with that type of thing. I also saw Troy Deeney mention, he goes, this will always be a season with an asterisk. I'm, I'm going to be very respectful to Liverpool. It's not my club. I will never, I'm going to try my very best to avoid mentioning that asterisk. I'm going to try and remember how dominant they were because they deserve better. And I know people are going to say that. There's been a lot of pushback from Liverpool, but it's going to be impossible not to call it with an asterisk, but it was, do your but best not to. They deserve be, it. Before this ended, they were six points either way from claiming it. That means six points that they could have won two matches or they win a match, City loses a match. I mean, it was done and dusted. It, it, this is an incredible performance. So Troy Deeney's just trying to take a little luster off, off what they've done, but you're right, man. They were, I don't like it. They were, inc- they were incredible. What's funny is they're actually, they were so incredible that their numbers have started to creep back the other way. And that's when people have been like, oh, is Liverpool in trouble? It's like, well, we were so incredible for so long. Now you're just, instead of being spectacular, you're way above average. Um, but they've, they've been just so good and they'll, they'll probably wrap it up quick. So we've uh, we've covered we covered most of the base here. La Liga also we mentioned coming La in. Liga's. and They're going to start with the Sevilla derby, which is mm-hmm. very exciting. And Syria is going to start with Syria is going to start on the twentieth, but they're going to start with supposedly with the Copa ties um, with the semifinal, the second leg of the semifinals, and then right to the final, which is kind of crazy. Um, but the, all that should be on like ESPN Plus. So that's another. A uh, bit of football we can watch here in America. And NWSL. NWSL did an incredible job getting yep. themselves back there. So, And that's America. That's here in the States where we thought we always look we're a few weeks behind what's happening in Europe. Yeah. But I mean, If you want to talk about good plans, it seems like they've got a good rapport between their players and their players league. getting Players getting paid. Leagues coming back. Beautiful. Players getting paid. Family getting taken care of. I, you know, we don't want to say too much, but I, I will commend NWSL on everything that they've done. And I'm excited to see yeah. them play as well. I know. We like to report positivity. So football, soccer fans all over the place, a lot to be excited about, including in MLS circles. And as we move on here on Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince pod will get perspective from an LAFC player, not just on the return of Major League Soccer, but also what's happening in Europe. A guy who's played in the premiership. It is Bradley, our own Bradley Wright Phillips. It feels good to say that. That's next on Inside LAFC with Max and Vince. We are back with Inside LAFC in the Max and Vince podcast. Happy to be joined by Bradley Wright Phillips. And Bradley, uh, through a variety of things that LAFC has been working on, you've been ever-present. So we've had a few conversations, but always glad to, to, to catch up with you again. Yeah, nice. nice. It's always good to – there's not much football being t- uh, talked about at the moment. So whenever I get a chance to talk about it, I'm, I'm all in. You know? Does that help you? Does that help you kind of get through just to engage in whatever way? Yeah, it kind of does because you know what it's like. I think at the moment, I'm literally just, yeah, you're just a father, you're, you're a school teacher, you're everything else, but you know what? I'm everything else, what I, um, sorry, everything else but a footballer at the moment. And it's, it's so weird. So talking about it, just, just seeing when it, where everyone's at with it, it's kind of it's refreshing. Brad, have you seen The Warriors? Do you know that old, it's an old movie? Of uh, course. Setting... Do not disrespect me, man. I okay. love that <laughs> I apologize. The reason why I want to bring oh, it up dear. is... I'm sorry, Bradley. That is out of I line. I, I'll, I'll, <laughs> hey, I'll let myself out after this. Uh, the reason why I bring it up is, is because uh, you, you talk about you know, teaching your kids. Uh, Max has had his, uh, his son he doing a little uh, thespian work, um, and he had him do a monologue from The Warriors. Have you, no been, uh, 
Have you been yeah. doing any electives with the with the young kids? And it's a, it's them- a, no. It's an extra drama idea. class. That's that's a good idea, actually. That's another lesson I can throw in there. You what can watch your favorite movie, and then you can give a lesson out of it. That's a. Hey, that's a, and I got a few good ones, old school ones. I'm into showing them old school films too. I like that. Things I grew up on, I like to show them and see how they react to it. You know, because it's obviously a different time. They have a lot more access to different things. So I like to see how they think of like, you know, our time. Yeah, we already and, brought LFC Film Club. They watch Shaun of the Dead. So you probably be, that's right up your alley. They're going to get Shaun of the Dead. Movies. I feel like I watched that once. Like I don't remember watching that too many times. I meet same with me here. Yeah, so I feel I, like I might have watched it once. How has that been? Because I spoke to you back in March about this, but, but being with the kids and... Yeah. Uh, balancing what you can because you don't have you're not full-time footballer and being able yeah. to uh spend some time there and, and, and fill those gaps as a parent as much as you can yeah no obviously you know in, in the job we do it's been it's always difficult i found myself missing a lot of things like for maybe five consecutive years i miss like my my eldest daughter's birthday would be away pre-season there's a lot of things you miss sometimes gymnastic competitions and just a lot of other things now yeah you don't miss anything but now I want to go back because, <laughs> you know, credit, credit to I my hear wife. You. She's a legend because oh, it's hard, man. They're relentless, the kids. But you know what? It's, it's been amazing. And I, and I wouldn't, you know, change the time I, got to, I, I get to spend with them. But I feel more sorry for them because they're going crazy in the house. Right. And I'm not a clever enough person to, to really to be a school teacher. So, you know, I'm more, I feel more sorry for them. I just want them to get out and, and get things back to They need so it. They can, kids need that. So they can just be kids, yeah. So when MLS comes out with what they just came out with, which is the small group training update, yeah. I feel like we've all become lawyers because it just looks like a bunch of legalese. But do you get yeah. excited? I mean, we're looking at the fine print, but how excited do you get for that moment? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I've had a lot to do in the last week, so I've not been up to date with what's been going on. You know, that's why I wanted to speak to Jordan. But uh, um, it's, it's fun. But I won't even lie to you. In the beginning, when I heard about individual training, I was thinking, this is going to be rubbish. This is stupid. I want to change my, once I got out there and done individual training, I was like a kid in a park again. You know? I, it was amazing just to put my boots on and train on a nice field, kick the ball around, do specific drills, you know, that, that catered to my position. It was, it was a breath of fresh air. So I'm thinking group training is going to be you know, even better, one step closer. Yeah, you'll be able to pass the ball. Um, Max pointed yeah. out that uh, there's a lot of goalkeeper rules, and I know you're no fan of goalkeepers. He said that they can't yeah. spit on their gloves anymore and they got to disinfect yeah. them. And I said, that has to be progress and should be, across the board from now on going forward because those gloves are disgusting. <laughs> yeah, they are disgusting. It's nothing I've had to worry about, but yeah, they can get rid of that rule. I'm cool with that one. Well, it's like a hockey, you know, in hockey, the guy's gloves are disgusting too and they'll like rub, they, they'll rub yeah, each other's oh. faces out. I'm surprised <laughs> oh, goalkeepers yeah. don't ever once in a while just kind of give you guys a little rub to oh, get the strikers nah, that's away. That's a fight. That's a red card <laughs> immediately. If you put those gloves in my face, we're swinging. Bradley, have you noticed things about how you go about your business or – as a player, I mean, we, every player has a, you know, whether it's not superstition, but you know, a, a protocol that they do when they normally, have you caught yourself changing certain things that you may see that would put the return in, in peril? That's too strong of a word, but you yeah. know, being coming back and say, okay, maybe should I do that? Or you, these things that as you're playing, you're thinking about constantly. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I was, I was very superstitious. I've tried to, calm down a little bit. Um, ever since I got out here, I wanted to just have a fresh start with everything I do, everything, how I, you know, how I, yeah, my, my routine before games, I wanted to just try and change it up because I was a bit over the top to where even, you know, like my, my family would kind of be involved in my rituals and it's, it's almost not fair. Like, so I kind of wanted to slow down on those things anyway, but yeah, I was very superstitious. Like, 
left foot first, you know, left shin pad first. There's certain things I'm eating before I get to games. If I list, if I'd scored the week before, or if we had won, and I listened to a certain uh, track list, I would do that again. Like it's, it was just too much to wear. Like, <laughs> you know, what I mean, I, I think it's one of those things that what I learned about it, what I thought it was, it almost puts responsibility in someone else's hands or something else's hands. Interesting. It's like if you, you know, if I can blame not listening to that song now because I didn't play well or score, and I just didn't want it to. I just want to put everything on me. Like how I prepare, how I train in the week should go into how I perform, you know, how I look after myself. And I didn't want it to just be because I didn't put my left shin pad on or my left football boot. So it's something I'm trying to just wean out. You know, I just, I think I got too crazy with it. Brad, I got the opportunity to, to talk to somebody uh, that you're very familiar with, uh, Jesse March. Uh, yeah, March was yeah. on with, uh, with Bob, but we're actually going to be putting out a little podcast of those two. Um, tuning he, into that. He, uh, he brought you up uh, a couple of times yeah. because he's, he's still very, uh, he follows you, really wants to kind of keep an eye on you. How, how, what's that relationship been like? And uh, yeah. how can you compare and contrast Jesse? Because I, I, I could see him and Bob were very much alike. But the one thing Bob yeah. said was, man, Jesse, you're so much more positive than I am. Yeah, do you know what? I haven't been with Bob long enough, but I do, I do see similarities in them. I see that. I can definitely tell that Jesse like, you know, worked under Bob for some time. I, I like their both um, their attention to detail, getting their messages across, how players look at them. You know, before I, I came across Jesse, and I feel like I was similar with Bob, just how you talk to, how you can talk and have a relationship with a manager was different to what I experienced in, in England. And even when I first came here, it's just, that was almost like, in England, it was like unheard of to go and talk and have open relationships and conversations with a manager. They're like almost, I wouldn't go as far as the enemy, mm-hmm. but they were, they, were, they were not someone you really spoke to. And I think with Jesse, he changed that my outlook on, you know, coaches and managers in that way. And I've, you know, my short time of being here, I can have similar things with Bob and it's, it's refreshing. But yeah, Jesse was very positive. He, he made you believe that you can run through brick walls. You know, when was that Red Bull? It was like, he, he made us think we were the best team in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's how we went out. And that's why we were dominant. And I think, yeah, we're very close. We still speak, um, you know, often, text, not as often as we'd like. You know, he's busy and I'm busy, but he's a guy I respect a lot. You know, he helped me a lot. And I think he's like a, a great coach and a, and a good man even better man has that shift have you noticed that shift you know and it, obviously you haven't been a lot of places since you've come out here but that shift where you talk about you know the manager has to be set apart he has to be kind yeah. of a level above i feel like is yeah. that kind of a modern thing that we're kind of noticing a shift in i think it is i think it is it was very new to me like i have even a story about jesse when he first took over red bull he he phoned me you know he phoned i think he wanted to phone the older guys or guys that's been there you know for a while and even the things he was talking to me about, I'm just like, I'm a player. Don't want, like, he was like, I want you to be a leader because before this, even these interviews and stuff, I would have difficult, like, difficulties with. I didn't like to talk. I just, I just wanted to come to training, train, go to games and play and nothing else. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he changed that in me. And from his first conversation, he's like, you're going to be a leader. I said, you know, with all due respect, I'm, I'm more of a soldier. You tell me what to do and I'll go and do it. He's like, no, we're going to do this together. You know, it makes you feel involved, makes you feel like you're important. And it, yeah, and I think, yeah, now, even if I look at Liverpool uh, with Klopp and the players, it seems like, you know, players are a lot closer than I was to any managers I had previous. So it, it might be a modern thing, but I know Jesse introduced me to that. Does that help you within the system? I mean, that's going to help you on the pitch too, where you feel sure. like you're a part of something. You, when you do something, you're not just a cog in the machine. You're actually making decisions, right? Exactly. Exactly. And it, it, like you said, it makes you feel not just a part of the team, but, Without you, 
you know, without you being you, saying things that's on your mind, talking, doing everything for the team, it it wouldn't be a team. It wouldn't work. And when when a player feels that he has that much responsibility and you know importance to the team, I think only good things can happen. So switching gears a little bit, obviously we talked a little bit about MLS kind of changing. Um, you know, yeah. looking at a lot of different things, they definitely want to get on the field. The news that now La Liga is going to come back. Yeah. The Premiership's coming back. Syria, yeah. of all places. I still can't believe Syria is coming yeah. back. I know, right? Uh, Money talks. What's, what's that feeling like? I mean, are you, are you like, I know you're a football guy. So are you like a kid before Christmas? Yeah. I, we feel like we're on the tip of something. It still feels a little scary though, right? Like, yeah, we can, it's weird. It's, that's, that's my thing. Like, I'm going to be honest for a second. It's like, I'm so excited. But then when I look at the real world, there's still a lot of restrictions. There's still a lot of restrictions in, in things we can do. Um, I don't want to get too deep, but there's, you know, there's people that are sick in hospital and their family members cannot go and see them. They can't sit with them, but we can play football. So it's like, while I love it and I'll be tuning in just like everyone else, it's still, like you're saying, it's still weird. It's still like foreign territory. I'm not really sure, you know, if it's, I'm not really sure how I feel about it. I know I want to go and play. If they tell me there's a game on, you know, the league starts back properly, like when we play games behind closed door, I can't wait. But because of what's gone on in the last few months, it's just, it's just a weird, weird feeling. I don't know what? if that sounds like I'm against it. I'm definitely not. It's just a weird feeling. Yeah, I think, I, you know, I've been taking in a lot of what MLS players are saying, what everyone's saying, and I think there's this weird, we can't sometimes hold those two things in our head at once, that players yeah. want to be safe, but, they, but man, they want more you than anything. the game. Yeah, to play. It's, and it's so weird to, like, even me trying to explain it, it's, like, weird to even explain it. Like, but yeah, yeah sure. I'll definitely be tuning in and watching because I miss football. I miss games. I was, I was on YouTube not too long ago just watching old games that mm -hmm. I'd been in. I never do that. I never watch, like, a full game of a game I played in. But I'm just want to see football. I was just YouTube and old games. It's crazy. What's it been like for you as you kind of bring it up? And I don't, you don't have to get as too personal if you don't want to. But what's it been like for you? I'm sure you've had plenty of fans that reach out and say things like, hey, man, I really miss you. I really want you to come back. What's it been like for you on a professional and personal level to get those kind of messages to know that you – you make a difference in, in people's lives in a way. Yeah, no, it is. It's nice. It is nice. They always say, you know, um, and it's like you don't know what you got to this point. I think while we're all in, the, in this thing, you forget. Like, you forget what, like I did. I forget, you know, like week in, week out, you're going to, you're playing for fans, you're playing, you know, for your family, all different reasons. And yeah, when it's not there, you, you get messages and it does make you think that, you know, you've done well or this is, this is important, not just to you, but to everyone. And it's, I just can't wait. I still haven't even played at the bank, you know, so I just want to, <laughs> there's so many things I just want to do, you know, and I just want to, yeah, I'm, I'm at a place now where it's, I feel like a 17-year-old. I just want to prove to people and, and play, and it's, it's been put on hold for a while. My son's coming in to show me his homework. We're just talking about homework. One minute, mate. <laughs> yeah, sorry, go ahead. But I just want to go back with, with how much the teammates have helped you, because you mentioned it right when we got thrown, you, you, Harvey and you guys are helping each other out getting through this. How much, how much of that dialogue has been going on? Yeah, I think Jordan, um, Jordan, Mac, I think them two in particular have been very good. You know, there's times I can't get to my phone, you know. Uh, my wife had some, like, some personal news in her life not too long ago, and it's just been hard like, for me to really get about and be involved as much as I want on a lot of those Zoom calls. But when I have been in there or when I have missed information, Jordan, especially, has been unbelievable. He's, he's filling everyone in with what's going on, how to go about it. You know, if you don't understand, you can call him. It's been amazing. It's been amazing. And 
And on top of that, just the whole team in general, my time since I got here, I was worried about leaving the Red Bull change room because that was a very like close change room and I didn't, you know, it was easy to kind of, to go in there and gel with players and I thought it was going to be different here, but it's very similar. So the whole, the, the whole, all of the players have been amazing, especially in this hard time. Yeah, it's a really interesting way for you to learn about your teammates and learn who they are as, as people, right? Facts, 100%. 100%. I'll, I'll switch the conversation. I don't know if you guys started it, but uh, about football coming back, and now they've got like three rounds under their belt in Germany. I know you, you told us up there you've watched a little. You, you'd like to see yeah. more, but you're, you're realizing what it's like to watch European football on the West Coast. Yeah. It's difficult. Yeah, it's tough. But, uh, I mean, a league that you played in, and scored goals in is now announced. They're coming back June seventeenth. Yeah. Possibly the game's June nineteenth. So, uh, what have you heard about that? And uh, how, how are you going to include that in your regular diet once that is back? Because they're going to bring a lot yeah. of games. Yeah, like I was saying before, it's like an, it's exciting. It's still weird, but it's exciting. And yeah, the Premier League is that's the league I always look to for you know when I'm going to watch a uh, when I'm going to watch football. So I'm going to have to get to sleep earlier. Because <laughs> I will not be missing those games, so it's going to mean a lot more early nights for me. Because I need to be up and about watching those games. My son loves it too. Me and my son watch it, so he'll wake me up. Well, Max was talk. Max got to talk to Rebecca Lowe, who obviously hosts for NBC out yeah. here, and she was kind of laying out what the UK plan is and how they're going to now space games throughout the day. And we're just kind of sitting here thinking, man, we're going to be able to watch like from six a.m. Chill. to, to mid afternoon. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Amazing. That's breakfast and lunch. Crazy. I mean, and to be able, right? Yeah, yeah. And to be able to sit there with, with your son and, and just watch game after game after game. I mean, what yeah. that what is that experience like? That's probably not something you've like you said. You you miss some things in your life because of what you had yeah. to do as a professional. Yeah. No, I love it. I love, I love that my son is like a football fanatic. So that's something we always do. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I wake him up or he'll be up, and we'll sit and watch every game. You know, and he's so interested. He likes to know. You know, because his granddad played, his uncle played, I played. So he has a lot of questions. He, he's figuring out his own little players now. And it, it's just amazing to, to do that with him week in, week out. We always used to do it when I was back in, in New York. So he's going to be up earlier, but we're going to be doing it here too. Is it the relationship where you guys both support the same player, same team? Or is he taking the, uh, yeah. the, the aspect got, of being like, I got to be different from my dad? Nah, he's got no choice. He has to support Arsenal. <laughs> or, he's got, or he's got to find somewhere else to live. He knows those terms and he's agreed to them. <laughs> Where do you stand on the Liverpool situation? Because, you know, some people have come out and they yeah. say, and it, this, this is always going to be an asterisk. There's no way. It's always going to be an asterisk. But yeah. it's such a unique circumstance because, as and Vince will, will mention this, but they were so close to clinching the title before all this went down. So how, how do you think history looks at Liverpool? I, do you know what? If I was a Liverpool fan during this time, this would, I'll be so angry. Especially at the time when they're not sure if the league was coming back, the, the time they're actually superior. They were um, they've been amazing all season. For something like this to happen, then they're unsure if they're going to win it. And now, if they do win it, people are going to be talking. You know, there'll be always something negative said about it. It's just it's frustrating. But as an Arsenal fan, honestly, I got a lot of family that are Liverpool fans. I was <laughs> I was just like, hey, that's cool, <laughs> Bradley. Luck. I was like, tough luck. Well, pull- yeah, but I'm go on. Pull your Arsenal fandom away for a second. As a professional footballer, what yeah. would be your take on, on – actually, what would be your take if the season had ended and they had handed Liverpool the trophy versus now what that is going to happen? I think – yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think, honestly, 
if I'm a Liverpool player, off, I think they worked so hard. They were by far the best team. If they handed them that trophy, I wouldn't have think that. I wouldn't think that was. Um, I wouldn't think that was the wrong decision. But mathematically, they didn't win the league, you know. So it's people are always going to say that. I think. I think you know what? If I'm being honest, you couldn't. If the season didn't finish, it's void. You couldn't give them the trophy. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for them that the season is back and they get to to win it properly because. If we are actually being honest, you can't give the season didn't finish mm-hmm. and they didn't mathematically win. So, yeah, I don't think it would have been right to give it to them, but it would have been so harsh on them to not get it. What if they had won last year? Really? Like, mm. like, what if this wasn't their first one? I feel like this is, that's the reason why a lot of that's them are getting good, That's a good point, actually. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it would have been made of such a big deal. It's because their first one, and every time they are kind of close, it's just something always happens, you know? And now this happens. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Weird situation, man. So weird. I know this Vince with the uh, the questions. Uh, what uh, one last thing? I mean, what about relegation? Because the the one thing we kept hearing is that the bottom six mm. clubs, not all of them, but some were reluctant. Uh, the, the 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 West Ham general manager, I think that's what yeah. her title is. She said she mentioned it. Uh, Brighton had a lot of positive tests, and Aston Villa's chairman also said not to. But it's going on, and someone's going to get relegated. So uh, someone's going to get yeah. Yeah, so I mean that that's going to be a really interesting conversation at the end. Do you think yeah, it, do you think this goes quietly into the night? I mean, if our viewer relegated, you go wait a minute. No, I think if you're really, it's the same. It's the same with winning. I think if you, especially well, the league's going back on. So if you get relegated, let's not forget they played a lot, a big chunk of their season. Like what is it, like three quarters? Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, more. They played games. so much of their season. You He's left. You, you were the worst team. Like you were the worst teams. So you can't. I don't think you can have any complaints. And now it's coming back. Like those teams have just got to get straight into gear. That's the only thing for these guys. Like for chasing the trophy and, and relegation, they have no time to even to to you know go through the stages. They have no time to to get through the stages. They've got to land and sprint because mm-hmm. yeah, you're in a relegation battle. And after it's hard relegation, and I've been in relegation battles. It's a lot on. You know, it's it's mentally tough. It's it's a lot to, to deal with, like, week in, week out. And I think, I don't know if this break will be a good thing for them to where it almost feels like you wasn't in relegation anymore. You, know, you can kind of forget all the bad form we had and start again. Or if, or if you come into the, to the start of the season again, um, so, sorry, to the continuation of the season again, and now you're, you're sluggish. You, you know what I mean? You don't get to, you're not playing at a full, you know, full 100%. So I don't know where it's going to be a positive and a negative, but, I know it's going to be very tough. What I'm wondering with these relegated teams, and a lot of them were making the point, we, we pride ourselves on our home form, which I love when teams say that. Of course you pride yourself on your home form. Yeah, but obviously. home teams haven't been winning. Like in Germany, the, the home teams haven't been winning. Do you have any, yeah. any kind of reference Games. point or theory no. for that? Fans. Fans. But, I mean, is it, is it really just the fans? Like the, it's crazy. Well, I can't. I can't put it down to anything else, but it's a, it's a mental thing. When you go every day, every time you've walked into your home, your home ground, you know that you've, you've got the support of thousands of people. That's your home ground. If things ain't going well, the, the loudness of the crowd, the support can give you an extra push. These are not just cliches. These are things that actually happen. These are, these are when, I, when I've been playing at a home ground and the support's on fire, it's, it's very hard to lose. So I think when you're going into that stadium, and normally that's your mind frame, when you don't have that, it probably has an effect on you. I can't say for sure it is that, but mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. it just shows you in this time like how important fans are. I think the visitors too. Sorry, no, but even when you watch, like, I did see a half of the German league, the Bundesliga, and it's like, it was just weird. Like, just for both teams, like, no fans, no support. You, you can hear the players shout, and it's, it's almost like it wasn't a... It was like what reminded me when I used to play reserve football. Mm-hmm. It was, it's crazy. So, the fans, man, it, it, it's, it's a lot. They mean so much, and, and they affect games, whether we accept it or know it or not. Yeah, you may, I mean, you make a good point for I me. I, just, I saw two teams that, you know, there's no fans for either of them, so maybe it, it felt like a level playing field. But if you're a team that, like you said, you show up that day and you expect to have that, like mentally, it's not in your bag. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's a, it's a weapon that you, you don't have playing at home. It's, it's crazy because even in the MLS, most of the time you go away, there's not many fans. And I feel like in the MLS, probably get, we'll probably deal with it. Um, we'll probably, it'll probably work out similar because I think – you can go somewhere and you, you hear the difference, man. Not having fans there is it's so different to when you have your fans. And I, I just think it plays a major part. Visitors, too, arrive and they're already got their guard up about, oh, we're going to walk out and we're going to hear this explosion. It's going to be fun to play here, but it's intimidating. And now that yes. intimidation is gone. So exactly. uh, it's, you just relax it's fascinating. Yeah, it you is. relax and play. Yeah. We appreciate your time. Really incredible insight. I know you like to to practice and play football, but you're so good at this, so we're going to keep bugging you. Thank you again for joining us. We really enjoy We really enjoy these conversations. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me, man. Check the homework. Uh, I was just about to say, I've got to get on with him. Look at this. He's at the door now. He's Look waiting for me. <laughs> He's waiting for me to mark it. He's waiting. That's a good student. You should be a proud papa. I know, I know. All right, guys. Thanks, All right. For, having thanks me. for having me. Thank you. You got it. And on behalf of Bradley and uh, Vince, uh, thank you for tuning in again. Please subscribe, rate, and review. It makes a huge difference for us, and we know you're out there. And uh, all of these find different ways to be able to consume our podcast, not just this one, but everything under the inside LAFC banner, including Shooting the Shot, which had an incredible one with Mia Ham. If you haven't listened to it, listen to it now. So we'll see you next week. So long, Vince. I guess. Subscribe. Subscribe. You tell him, Bradley. Subscribe. Get it <laughs> That's done. our soundbite. <laughs> See you later, Good guys. man. All right. Bye-bye. See you. Bye.